Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Inhongo Master Podcast. I'm your host Azra and continuing a theme of pop culture for this season, we're diving into one of the biggest aspects of Japanese pop culture, manga and anime. I bet a lot of us, including myself, were brought into this world through these two means of media. And that's not a bad thing at all. In fact, it's a very good thing because that means that they did the trick they were originally aimed for. We're going to look at the history and origins of manga and anime, the various kinds of them that are around, and its influence in popular culture in Japan and even abroad. And for those of you who don't know either manga or anime, well, you've come to the perfect place. This episode is all you need to know about them. Be sure to pay close attention to each section. I'll be dropping a few useful related vocabulary words. We're going to start off with manga, which is Japanese for comic. Nowadays, the word manga refers to exclusively Japanese comics. Manga takes up more than 40% of publication sales in Japan, which gives it a significant amount of dominance in the marketplace. It also influences other forms of entertainment, which we'll get into in a bit, and video games, which we'll look, in, which we'll look into in another episode. Back in the day, the manga umbrella is bigger as compared to contemporary manga. This unique form of visual media is believed to have first appeared around the 12th century in the form of Choju Giga, which is Japanese for Scrolls of Frolicking Animals and Humans. As you can tell from the name, these picture scrolls, or emakimono, featured animals like bunnies and frogs frolicking around like humans. Fun fact, the Choju Giga is actually considered as the basis for the right-to-left reading style that's still used for manga to this day. The manga we now know and love was inspired by other mediums that came to Japan in the late 40s to early 50s, like television, films, and other comics. I bet everyone knows Astro Boy, which is the best example of the result of that influence. During the mid-50s too, Gekiga, or dramatic pictures, became another supporting factor of the growth of the manga industry. With more book rental shops opening up, manga artists would feature their works in books that were rented out at these places. The growing job of a manga artist, or mangaka, became big enough to foster a sustainable manga industry. Manga then became an important medium for conveying messages for various industries throughout the centuries. At one point in the 80s, manga actually became a popular form of practical education and instruction, known as Benkyo Manga. Benkyo is study in Japanese. Even today, you'll see manga strips for just about anything. Okay, so now the brief history and origin of manga is over and done with. Let's look at some of the more famous types of manga. They're like movie genres, but specific to Japanese comics. And fun fact, depending on the genre, the drawing style changes. So you'll generally be able to know the demographic right off the bat. Now, one of the most popular genres of manga, especially for young girls, is the shoujo manga. That's because they're written for the female audience, often including elements of romance, relationships, and emotions. The main characters are often girls in fantasy-like worlds, playing the parts of superheroes of some sort. And if there are other male characters, they're often prince-like and fancies the main girl character. My shoujo manga readers out there, y'all are very familiar with Oran High School Host Club and Fruits Basket, am I right? I know I'm guilty of that. But us girls grow up and move on to the Jose manga genre, which still holds elements of romance. But while shoujo portrays relationships in a more idealistic manner, Jose manga portrays them more realistic with more mature content. Another famous genre of manga is the shonen manga, which is the opposite of shoujo. This caters to the young male audience of 12 to 18. And just like the opposite of cutesy lovey-dovey storyline, 
We have action-packed fighting robots and with superheroes, of course. The most popular shonen manga is Dragon Ball, undoubtedly. And the grown-up version of shonen is seinen, aimed for the older male audience. This genre does have your action-packed fighting. But themes are more towards sports, science fiction, even politics and social matters. A popular one in the genre is Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. There are other genres of manga, but those are just the top ones. I mean, you can never forget the kids who have their own genre of manga. Kodomo manga. Kodomo means kid, so that in itself is explanation. Now, regardless of the genre, most mangas are printed in black and white. For cost reasons, faster production, and just generally because black and white manga is just a piece of fine art, like watching a really good black and white movie. Here's a quick vocab recap. Manga, Japanese comics, emakimono, picture scrolls, gekiga, dramatic pictures, mangaka, manga artist, benkyo manga, study manga, shoujo, a manga genre for young girls. Jose, a manga genre for older women. Shonen, a manga genre for younger boys. Seinen, a manga genre for older men. Kodomo, kids. Now, we're going to take a look at anime, which is short in Japanese for animation. Animation can be dated back to the early 1900s, when Japan's film industry just started coming about. Anime has quite an interesting history, but we won't go into so much detail. Stay tuned for a blog post on our website for an in-depth look into anime history. Now, the earliest anime can be traced back to the start of the 20th century. Back in the day, before film was invented, these colourful pictures would be projected onto screens in Utsushie, a type of Japanese magic lantern show. In the 1930s, most of the animation created weren't popular entertainments, but more commercial and government-related due to the rise of Japanese nationalism. It really took a turn for the better after the war, and what really gave anime the push it needed was the shift to television in the 60s. A Japanese animation production company called Toei was super devoted to entertainment, and in the 60s, they aired their first television shows. Also in the 60s were the first export of anime to the US. Things started to slowly expand out of Japan, before anime was made by and for Japan. And from that, you get the diversification, English sobbing and dubbing, and reworking to the anime for non-Japanese audience. Basically, what we now know of anime. But even now, anime has a very obvious style to it that no one can match. Just like manga, depending on the genre of anime, you can get a different type of drawing style. But generally, on a visual level, the common stylistic forms of anime includes exaggerated features like big hair, elongated limbs, and large eyes. So that's like a standard anime drawing style. They're not hard and fast rules, but you can just but you can just tell when it's Japanese animation. One of the most famous Japanese animators, Hayao Miyazaki, who is the co-director of Studio Ghibli, founded in 1985, has a different approach to anime, like going against the typical image of anime by having smaller eyes for his characters. Another important aspect of anime is the ongaku, which is music in Japanese. Mostly, anime music is J-pop. I'm just dropping that in here, but we won't talk about it in this episode. Stay tuned to our future episode on Japanese music and popular culture. Oh, and just putting it out there, even though anime is now the most popular medium of Japanese popular culture for Western audiences, about 60% of them wouldn't be possible without the success of manga. 
since most of them are adopted from these Japanese comics. Now, for a quick vocab recap. Anime, a colloquial way to say Japanese animation. Animation, animation. Utsushie, a type of Japanese magic lantern show. Ongaku, music. By the way, if you haven't checked out our official website yet, why not give it a browse? At Nihongo Master, we offer efficient Japanese lessons that are quick, easy, and fun for Japanese language learners of all levels, from beginners to advanced. Our smart tools will assist you in areas where you need a little bit of a push and congratulate you on the ones you've aced. With a community of over 50,000 Japanese students, you're not alone on your learning journey. Make new friends and improve together with our point system, collecting points as you go along. Ask away any questions you have on our group discussion pages. There's sure to be others as well as our Japanese instructors that are quick to answer. You can also take Nihongo Master with you on the go and learn Japanese as you trot the globe. Practical, right? You can agree that both manga and anime have very long and rich histories and impacted the nation's culture quite significantly. But what's even crazier is how the popularity for them outside of Japan just blew up. I'd say within just the last two decades. It's kind of like a marketing gimmick for the whole country. These two mediums of Japanese pop culture have spread quite rapidly outside of Japan. In fact, Japan is not even the biggest market for anime anymore. That title belongs to China, according to Marianne Quintinio at epicdope.com. But I mean, that's kind of unfair, seeing as they have over a billion people and all. Which also explains why she gives the number two spot to India. As for manga, France is usually way ahead of the trend on this one, partly due to their love of all kinds of comics. Since the 90s, a company called Glenade has been firing out francophone versions of mangas like One Piece and Dragon Ball Z, way before most countries get their own editions. Even more surprising is that, according to Google Trends, Saudi Arabia is the third biggest Googler of anime and manga in the world, coming in under Japan and the Philippines. Probably one of the last places you expect. So I think we can safely say that these weird little eastern cartoons have just about conquered the entire world. Phew, that was quite the crash course of the top two most popular forms of media in Japanese pop culture. I hope you got a few takeaways from that and enjoyed the fun facts that were slid into it all. What's the most surprising point in this episode? We'd love to hear from you. So tell us your thoughts by commenting on our social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Also, head over to the Nihongo Master blog if you're interested in reading up on topics like these some more. And if you're keen on picking up some more Japanese for yourself, pop onto our official website, nihongomaster.com, to learn more. While you're at it, why not get yourself a subscription? Get a head start on your Nihongo journey with Nihongo Master. Thank you so much for listening in, where I'll be walking you down another avenue of Japan's rich culture. Mata ne! Nee.